Chapter Seventeen of Daylight Land by W. H. H. Murray. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seventeen: The Parting at Victoria. These are not Indians," said the judge, as we stood on the bridge at Victoria, looking down upon a dozen Siwash canoes filled with their strange-looking owners. "These are not Indians," he repeated. "They are Mongolians." And look at their boats exclaimed mr pepperell they haven't the least resemblance to the birch bark canoe they suggest the chinese junks rather observe their length narrowness and high projecting prows not a bad boat for a heavy sea i remarked that one putting off from the shore must be forty feet long and with her twenty paddles and well steered would climb safely over a mighty big swell for she sits as lightly on the water as if made of bamboo look there cried mr pepperell pointing to a boat just coming into sight from under the bridge that is a medicine man of the tribe and his wife well said the colonel i'm a great admirer of the ladies but i must confess that mrs medicine man doesn't impress me as being a great beauty what do you say judge it's a very strange spectacle responded the judge a very strange spectacle indeed i have seen many queer-looking people but i have never seen a more singular-looking folk than these siwash indians ethnologically i don't know where to place them it was a strange spectacle in truth the river was covered with their long light narrow craft some were shooting rapidly along in straight courses some drifting with the tide others grouped side by side the tribe were preparing to move off on a fishing excursion and the low soft murmur of many voices filled the air all was activity but there was no bustle no confusion no sharp word of command or loud calls a pretty sight they made as they moved away a long procession of strange-looking boats each trailing exactly in line of the one ahead of it the paddles rising and falling in concert the blue water beneath them and their high-colored blankets showing brightly in the sun bon voyage bon voyage cried the judge to them as the last canoe passed from under the bridge on which we stood and glided away the steersman an old wrinkled siwash who was standing in the stern of the craft looked up at the judge and smiled at least his leathery face was suddenly cut up into wrinkles and his toothless gums showed between his parted lips that wasn't a bad grin judge said the man from new hampshire ethnologically i would place that old specimen of siwash antiquity halfway between a low-bred mongolian and a high-bred ape darwin should have come to victoria for his connecting link victoria is well worth seeing the tourist can find entertainment there he can pick up a quantity of interesting curios and not be swindled in so doing we four spent the day happy-hearted as boys in their first journey from home life brings many losses to us as we live but none greater than the loss of the boyish eye and heart he who keeps these long after his head is white has prolonged the finest pleasures of life what a day we four grey-headed boys had in this most western city of our race thrust out from the continent like a picket in front of an encamped army as we visited the fish market and saw how royally the city was fed by the sea salmon trout halibut haddock cod and delicious oolahan or candlefish and a dozen sorts some of them new to us in one market we found a huge octopus or devilfish suspended for advertisement 
a ghastly creature with tentacled arms nine feet in stretch the italians and chinese eat them and the market man assured us that octopus steak wasn't bad eating let me get out of this place cried the judge shudderingly i shall not eat a mouthful of dinner to-day that devilfish said the man from new hampshire does make a man feel a little creepy inside doesn't it judge we visited stores where furs and skins were bought of the indians and the warehouses where they are packed what a collection of furs we saw and there all save one of us saw for the first time the finest rarest fur in the world a magnificent sea otter did you ever see one madame no what pleasure you have awaiting you ahead wait till your white fingers can feel their way through the fur of a sea otter ah me beaver will never content you after that we visited all the pawn shops and in them discovered many curious bits brought from the four corners of the earth japan china australia new zealand the two indies the arctic ocean mexico and palestine all had contributed to the unique collections strange pipes antique arms nuggets of gold pearls rude coins indian armor deftly quilted grotesque masks flaming headdresses and skins from every furred animal of the continent in one shop we were shown an oriental ruby the iridescent splendors of which were beyond all conception a stone said the judge to be set in the gate of heaven that describes it then there were specimens of indian workmanship carved plates and salvers of jet-black stone valued at a hundred dollars each birds and fish and national banners fashioned in pure gold exquisitely wrought baskets woven from the fibres of roots in which water can be boiled juvenile toys in wicker and loveliest of colours bows and arrows from polished bone tipped with stone or steel dipped in the deadliest poisons gambling sticks and conjurer's robes and a hundred and one odd things novel and most instructive to civilized people how much we saw and how much we enjoyed it all what a day we four tourists had at victoria thus pleasantly passed the day and pleasantly it drew to its close we were standing on the battery south of the city as it declined in front of us the water stretched away level as a floor a wide emerald plain with the shifting colors of sunset playing over it coming and going deepening and fading to the east and south we saw the snowy peak of mount baker to the west the red sun was going slowly downward carrying all its splendors into the great ocean whose farther waves were rolling and white far upon the orient beaches we had come to the end of our journey it had been as a judge had predicted at the start a happy one to us all and with happy hearts we were ready to turn our faces toward our distant homes what a revelation it had been to us the judge was to take the boat to the golden gate and we escorted him on board anxious to be with one whose intelligence and urbanity had ministered so much to our entertainment as we journeyed to the last moment gentlemen said the judge this winter you must all come to san francisco and be my guests we will do california mexico and arizona together next summer mr pepperell you should be our host for a week and we will eat beans with you at the somerset club by that time we can buy tickets through to yokohama and hong kong and see the west and the east 
both hemispheres and the youngest and oldest civilization in the world side by side in one trip such opportunities of pleasure and profit mankind have never enjoyed before since the race was born what say you gentlemen shall we go over and see the land of the celestials next summer judge doe answered colonel goff when the golden sands of california called the rich soil of new hampshire will respond i will buy a railroad ticket to any spot in this world or the next you may suggest provided it gives me your company only let us have jack osgood along with us for he and i are bound to pick up a little paying investment occasionally wherever we go unless different arrangements prevail there from what we have in new hampshire and then lifting his beaver the tall gray-headed yankee born trader and traveller type of that energy and courage which have threaded their strength and colour into the warp and woof of the continent and whose shrewd remarks and quaint rippling humour had been half the life of the party let us off in that royal old bit of loving sentiment should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind should old acquaintance be forgot and days of old anxiety we sang it bravely we four gray-headed men standing on the deck of the steamer with the purple light of the early gloaming upon us nor did we sing it far as a quartet for on the deck were other wanderers like ourselves far from friends and home and among them a group of scottish immigrants red-headed rough beard and who were as responsive to the first note of the grand old stave as powder is to the spark and whose strong voices with their broad accent joined in with such rush and roar of sound as the camp bells brought with them when they charged into lucknow at the close well there were tears in our eyes you needn't laugh young man wait till you get on toward your evening and know what home country and partings mean you will never laugh then at the noble moistening of eyes as i came off the boat i ran against a big australian who had just parted at the gate with his wife beg pardon he said i didn't see you coming i beg your pardon i returned i didn't see you either then we looked at each other and we both saw why we had not seen end of chapter seventeen end of daylight land by w h h murray recorded by keith salas